Good morning, Oaks families. Well, we have another day. This is episode six of the Oaks Interactive. And I'm so glad that you guys are here. Today, we're going to talk a little more about being God-centered, an inside-out approach to life. And uh, we're going to have a good time today. Um, So anyway, uh, some things to remember. Number one, this is our church service. So my encouragement is to enter into this time. Stop. Slow down. Interact with me. A hearty amen if I say something good. (laughs) Help him, Lord, if I say something bad. Uh, Look for one thing that God will speak to you this morning. I'm believing that he will do something in your heart and life today. And we're going to do a reading again today from Matthew chapter 6. And so I encourage you to just really soak that time in and listen. Listen to God's word. All right, but first, let me say another prayer for our kids out there. I know that parents are dealing with this, how they're dealing with it, but kids are having to deal with it in their own way. So, God, we thank you for our Oaks kids. We pray that you would bless them today. We ask you to cover them. God, you know our needs before we ask for them. So I pray that for all the kids in our church that you would meet their needs. Lord, that you would help them deal with boredom, with loneliness. Help them be productive, God. Help them find ways to engage. I pray that they'll get closer to you during this time. Speaking of the Oaks kids, Miss Ginger sent me this. Claire painted this picture of uh, a turkey, and you see there her displaying it with Dad. That's actually a real turkey there. Anyway, great job, Claire. That's a nice job. Now, let's talk about being God-centered for just a couple minutes here. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guys, we have to pay attention to our heart. Our heart is the center of us. It's our innermost being. It's our core beliefs. It's what we really believe. There are the things that we say we believe, and then there's how we act. And how we act, that comes out of what we really believe. Because the issues of our life flow out of our heart. Um, And uh, our heart is really directing, creating, attracting circumstances, situations in the outside world. And so we want to make sure that we're centered, that our heart is fixed upon right things. And some of us talked last week about people, being centered on people, the approval of man, and this affects how we act. Um, some people are focused on an injustice um, that's happened to them or an enemy in their lives. Some people are focused on the pain in their life, um, things that are uh, where they've been wounded. They begin to gain an identity from that pain, and uh, and their whole identity is circled around that that thing that, that hurt them. Anyway, let me just say that you are greater than your pain. Um, some people are focused around their need, around their lack, and this is really the center of them, and this is how they talk, 
this is how they act, is like always like someone in need. Um, you know, another way maybe to say this is a, um, a victim instead of having a, um, that centeredness of a, a victor or a hoopo Nike, as uh, Paul said, more than a conqueror, um, they see themselves as victims. That's not a good center. Some of us are performance-centered. It's all about how we perform. And uh, we can feel good about ourselves. We perform well. We don't feel good about ourselves. We don't perform well. Some of us are possessions-centered. It's all about what we can get, what we can stock up. Um, that's not a good center. Some of us are self-centered. We talked about this last week as well. And... Uh, that's not a good center either, you know, because the end of all being is not our happiness. If we can center on something other than self, we'll go a long way. Uh, I have a couple new ones this week, and there is not maybe as a parent, and I borrowed some of these from Stephen Covey, by the way, in the Habits of Highly Effective People. But one thing he says is uh, people are spouse-centered or they're centered upon now, this might seem like a good center, but I want you to know, if you live your entire life based upon your spouse, um, this is a skewed um, a skewed paradigm. We are called to love our wives, men, as Christ loves the church. Uh, women were called to honor our husbands. Um, but... Um, but there are things that our spouse cannot give us that only God can give us. And if we try to live in a way that's centered on the other one, um, that can that cannot work well for us. It can also be idolatrous, right? Because God is the one that we want to serve first. He's the one we want to please first. And, you know, some of us are family-centered. And this might seem like a really noble thing, but when you follow it, to its end, and, and I would say we do want to be family-centered. We don't want to be centered on other things. But one thing you have to consider is if we are completely centered, that is our identity, our core is centered around the people in our family, well then, what if they don't act right? What <laughs> if they implode our family? Then we say they've shamed the family name, and so... From instead of operating from a, a core place of doing what's well for them, or you know, as parents, as, as as instead of operating from a place of loving them or or choosing the best for them, we are just reacting to our exaltation of our idea of family. That's something to ponder a little bit. It's not as obvious, but um, that's not a great center either. We want to have family close but not in the middle um also work you know work is a great thing a lot of these are good things right i mean our performance that matters right um our work that matters it really matters but if we're work centered then everything else is all about whether we're going to get work done or whether we are working and uh, we see it through that paradigm or if we're money centered it's all about whether something's going to make money or not make money, but there are other things that are more valuable than that. Uh, if I can switch this around, some people are pleasure-centered. and Everything is evaluated uh, based upon the pleasure 
that it brings. And we know that pleasure is a great thing. God experiences pleasure. When God worked, He actually stopped and enjoyed the things that He had made. And so we know that God experiences pleasure. I believe that God feels pleasure over our lives. But it's not a good center. We want God to be the center. He really, the Bible says, that all things were made by Him and for Him. And so... Uh, so we want to be God-centered. Now, let me just throw out a question today, and this is really a simple thought that I'm bringing to you. Nothing, nothing complicated here. Um, how do I know? I'm sorry, uh, might not can see that. How do I know what is in my heart? I'm glad that you asked that question because that's the one I'm about to answer. Let me give you uh, at least um, a. a a verse to look at that kind of indicates what are the things that we're centered upon, and uh, and and th this is it. Matthew twelve thirty four. Jesus says, "For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." And um, I just want to be honest with you. This is not me. This is I mean, you're looking at the verse right here. The things that you rehearse, the things that you say when your cup gets full, those are the things that are coming out of your heart. It's just for out of the abundance of the heart. Like what is abounding in your heart is directing your speech. So, you know, going back to the, if you have an injustice center or a need center, it's always about the need. You're always talking about the need. Or maybe it's always about the rejection. You're always talking about the rejection. This would point. And you know, it's okay to, to evaluate yourself. You know, the Bible says for us to judge ourselves so that we'll be not judged. And, uh, you know, for us to look at ourselves and say, okay, if, if I continually rehearse a certain thing... Maybe I need to examine what is that coming from, or rather, where is that coming from? And the great thing is that the Bible says God will give us a new heart. Isn't that great? Um, it says that He'll take out the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And uh, this is uh, this is playing off that same idea of us having a soft heart or having a hard heart, right? Heart of flesh is soft, it's moldable. David said, write your words on the tablet of my heart. Well, if God is writing His words, if He's writing His laws or He's writing His, His decrees on our heart, that means that we're receiving, we're receptive in our heart to those things. But if we have a hard heart, then we can't receive those things. You know, another verse that I love in Psalm 51 where David is actually repenting from his sins. He says, God, you desire truth in the inward parts. I would say in your heart. God doesn't want us just to appear true on the outside. He doesn't want us to just look a certain way on the outside. But he actually wants truth in the inward parts. This has to do with us doing work in our heart. So look, if you're so busy working or so busy talking about your injustice, or so busy thinking about your family even, that you can't stop and see if the Lord 
is the center of your heart. I would say slow down. Pause. All right. Above all else, guard your heart. It means we have to guard. We have to stand guard. Say, I'm not going to just let anything in. But I'm going to be aware of what's coming in and out of my heart. That's what the people did, you know, at the city gates in the days of old. Um, the elders would sit at the gates there. They could see what was coming in and going out. Big place, big spot for us is to guard our heart. We need to be at the gates of our heart saying, yep, I'm letting that in. Or, nope, I'm not going to let that hurt in. Nope. Mm -mm. Or, yep, I'm going to deal with that. And it's a good thing to know. Sometimes I look at what comes out of my mouth and I think there's definitely something going on in my heart. We need to deal with it. Now, I want to do this again today. I want to do a reading from Matthew chapter 6. And uh, I'll stay with you right here so you can see me today. But I'm reading right now. This is Matthew. Actually, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 7. And um, I just want you to listen to this scripture today. Close your eyes if you would like. Jesus says, do not judge or you'll be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye? Hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly to take that out of your brother's eye, that speck. Do not give what is sacred to the dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine. If you do, they may trample them under feet and then tear you into pieces. And on prayer, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door is open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those that ask him? So in everything you do, do unto others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and prophets. And one more thought here from Matthew 7. It's based upon what we're building on. And this is in context of trying times that we're in right now. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was upon a rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. 
When Jesus had finished these sayings, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one with authority and not as their teachers of the law. So before we start making uh, our descent here in the Oaks Interactive service today, I am going to lead us uh, in the Lord's Prayer. And I just want to encourage you to pray along with me today. Jesus' teaching on prayer, this is what He said. This then is how you should pray. I'll say it first and then you say it with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done. on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Everything we need today, Lord. Everything we need. And forgive us our debts. That is our sins. As we also have forgiven our debtors, those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Listen, I want to encourage you today to go to theoaks.org slash giving if you're giving your tithes or your offerings. And thank you for those of you who have done this. You can also text an amount to 424-OAKS-GIVE if you would like to give using text message. You have to set it up one time, and after that it's automatic. Or you can mail your gifts into the Oaks Church, 2201 Executive Park Drive, Opelika, Alabama, 36801. There will be no Zoom call today. So let me just give you a high five. Love you guys. Thank you for who you are. Love you. Credits. And one more thing I want to share with you uh, today. Um, actually, this music is from a guy named um, ourmusicbox.com the verse I wanted to share was this this is the promise if we do hard work right if we do hard work we let the Lord work inside our heart he says blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God and that's a great great promise if we will do hard work saying we're going to have the Lord as our center, we will have the great privilege of being able to recognize God, to see Him. You see, the Pharisees, they didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't know who He was when He was there. You see, the Lord's at work in our lives every day, all around us. We don't always
ways you recognize it. The blessing of the pure in heart, they will see God. Just a prayer before we go. Um, remember Matt Rowell, his dad passed away this week. Uh, he was only 62. Some of you guys might know his brother Josh or his mom Dina. They've all been to church before. But um, let's pray for them also. Father, we thank you for the Raul family. We ask you to just cover them in your peace and love today. Father, we just pray that you would draw near to them. You said that the peace of God would actually guard our hearts. And that's what we need today is we're guarding our hearts, that your peace would guard our hearts. I pray for our families that they'll have a, an amazing week this week. I ask you to bless them. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face shine on you and turn to you and be gracious to you and give you peace. I bless you in Jesus' name. You guys have a great week.